Blog Talk Radio. Anyway, um, now obviously, and we're 
we're going to talk about this. We got to see how long Ant's going to be out. You know, is it, it he's still day to day, so I'm not thinking he's going to be out for 10 games or anything like that, but that plays into it. You know, having McDaniels available to start in the starting lineup in his natural position is great. And you could say, well, Noel will fill in for the scoring off the bench, and that's great, but, you know, not having Ant. I guess this would be the, the, the stretch of games that you'd want without Ant, though, right, these next five games. So we're going to talk it through. Um, that Memphis win, I think, stands out among the rest just because, you know, let's face it, the last two games uh, the opponent did have some folks missing. Now Edwards missed last night, too. So, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, before last night's game, they did have a stretch of five consecutive games where they're getting down by double digits early. So there's there's a lot of good. Three and one, you can't complain too much, right? But there is some, hmm, still kind of giving us issues like that Memphis game in the offensive rebounds. But anyway, and of course, um, you know, if you've listened to the show, we will end – or I will end with a, uh, a short gopher segment. It's kind of been like rinse, repeat uh, for them, you know, uh, as far as how these games have gone. Uh, tight games, pretty much all the way down to the wire. A lot of them, maybe not wire to wire, but usually it, it involves a comeback. Um, you know, that Wisconsin game, the Indiana game, Maryland game last night. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But if this is your first time listening, to the Living in Loserville podcast. Welcome. It's available in a variety of ways. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it over radio. Um, but, you, you know, you don't have to go to blog talk and rope it open, download the show there, listen to the browser. You can find this here, Living in Loserville podcast, under the rope it over radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM. Tune in, Amazon Music. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network. And one more thing, if you're, oh, actually, also, make sure to check it out on the Living in Loserville page as well. Aaron set that up over a year ago. It's on Spricker, Living in Loserville on Spricker, um, the, the podcast that we do together, and also he has uh, another podcast that you might like as well. One more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. Prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on-demand. No annual contracts, no hidden fees. The upgrades of choice are ultimate package. Thank you, three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees. If you go all the way to the premiere package, that gives you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's direct TV stream. Okay. Like I said, you got to love going three and one out of the break. And the most impressive win was that Memphis win. Um, I think Russell had like 23 points uh, in that last quarter, if I, in the fourth quarter, I believe. I'm pretty sure that was the case. He was just going off. Um, and, you know, they're obviously a tough team, right? They're a phenomenal team that way. So they're the third spot in really knocking on the door, knocking on the door like the police, if you know what I mean. They're knocking on the door. Okay, that – that you know recent stuff that's kind of a weird joke i apologize but um you know they're they mean business and they're creeping up on them now uh the warriors so we'll see you know where that goes the warriors if they don't get green back here soon um it 
could get interesting there. But yeah, just just went off. Delo went off. Um, in that third quarter, end of the third, Delo and Beasley were going off. Um, Cat had some foul problems in that as well. Um, Delo had an N1 late. Uh, I think with around four minutes left, Cat checked in. I think it was 101.98 in my notes here. Delo had an N1 from a three. Oh, actually, but that was the rip through that didn't count as a three, even though it did in the past. But it was a tight, tight game. You had Cat and Nas and Bando in foul problems, all, you know, five falls apiece down the stretch. Um, in the offensive rebounds, like I mentioned, I think it was 24 of them, which was a, a season high for the NBA in general. Um, but the 23 points, tied score down the stretch. Um they got the job done. They closed the door and got the dub. And ultimately, that's all that matters. And I thought that was a – I was really impressed with that win, really impressed. Now, you know, they did turn right back around on this back-to-back. What is there, four back-to-backs coming out of this All-Star break? And then I think – I'm actually looking at it right now. Then I think they don't have another back-to-back. They don't. So this sucks right now, but if we get through it, it would be big. We've already gone through two of them. We're about to get our third. And the next weekend, Friday, Saturday, there's another one. And then it's done when it comes to that. But anyway, Philly smacked us around, obviously. Right? They got off to a nice lead. Um, the, the Timberwolves did make a nice run back and get into the game. But that didn't last long. The new, you know, that was Harden's debut with the 76ers. And the last, what, two or three debuts he's made with a new team. You know, that's Harden for you, right? Um, it's funny how that worked. But, yeah, they kicked their ass, you know. And to be honest, when I was talking about that five consecutive games before this last game, five consecutive games in a row that you got down by double digits in the first quarter. Now, you know, double digits and even an 18- or 20-point lead, as we saw in the Cleveland game, we had a 23-point lead more than once in that game um, in the third, but they came back. You know, Lee, you know you're going to get down. But to go five straight games where you're down that early, that that's a little troublesome, right? And so basically my point is about the Philly game, we were kind of asking for it. Like, hey, man, we're going to keep getting down. We'll come back. No, no, not to a really good team sometimes. You're going to get your ass kicked, okay? And that's basically what happened. Um, You know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Now, the Cleveland game from, what, Monday, that was a funky game. Because, once again, you know, they they got up on us. Cleveland got up, and uh, I think it was 37 to 26. And remember, there was two key pieces missing there, both of them guards. You know what I mean? So that that was very important to them. Now, like I said, they're they go four deep with bigs. It's ridiculous, really, the, the depth that they have there. But um, the bench did play well and got us kind of. It was kind of twofold. The bench played well in the first shift and got us back into the game. And I think it's starting of the, the start of the second quarter where they put D'Lo in, um, and they, I think they, they 
doing that a little lately uh, with or well, they've been doing it a long time. But, you know, you did start to see Edwards do some of that. Um, but, it, you know, they got to do it now. I think that, that ants out either way. But they got him back in the game and they took the lead, actually. And to bounce right back, you know, 38 to 24, um, that was pretty impressive. And they just kept it going. That third quarter was phenomenal. Uh, or I should say some of that third quarter was phenomenal, right? Um, 37 to 27, they outscored them. And it just, they had a flow going. The starters played really, really well. Um, I mean, like I said, they got up by 23. I think, you know, maybe Cleveland cut into the lead minorly. I think they got up twice by 23, if I remember correctly. And then, uh, then all of a sudden there was a huge run. And even though it's, you know, 30 to 27 in that third, it's kind of funky because it was 34 to 26, right, in the fourth quarter. Um, so they obviously beat us in that quarter. But they did find a way. They just chopped down the tree slowly but surely. And like I was saying, that first shift of bench players, you know, that group played well, got them in the game. They didn't play as well. I'm not blaming it fully on the bench, but they didn't play that well in the second shift. Um and eventually, what was it, 122, 122? Was that what it was? Then you had Cat uh, hit that three. I think D'Lo added some free throws. But it's a road game, and you got the job done. I think that was key. So I was very happy with that. Um, kind of a mixture of, you know, solid play in that one, that's for sure. Um, I think, wasn't it D'Lo that led all scores in that one? Kind of a funky one as far as that, considering we had a lot of spread. McDaniels was five of seven from three, six of nine overall. Prince uh, didn't really, uh, he was one of four from three. However, he was five of eight from the field, still had 15 points and three steals. Um, McLaughlin had seven assists in that game. Beasley heated up at the right time. He only took six shots that game, 17 minutes, three of six, though. So you got to like that. But D'Lo had 25 points, um, got some line pretty well, was uh, four for eight from three. And, uh, you know, Edwards did just enough. He had four steals that game as well. Uh, we'll talk about his injury. And, you know, he has had some struggles. He's been really up and down. Um, his shooting for about a good month, month and a half, has been slowly but surely trickling down when he was on that run since mid-November or whatever that we talked about a while back. But um, hopefully, you know, that that's not going to continue to be an issue. But when you really kind of break down this Golden State game, um, you know, I really liked how they, they came out. You know, Prince was aggressive. D'Lo was aggressive. Um, Pat B had 10 points and was aggressive. Um, Towns, I think, had 20 in the half had a great game in general. Um, so, yeah, it was a tight tight game there for a little bit, and then they kind of opened up on him. I think they had, what, 68 to 56 lead. Um, but once again, a theme that we're talking about with some of these fouls, Cat and McDaniels, McDaniels had, you know, four fouls three minutes into the, into the third quarter. Um, at that time, though, the Timberwolves were 16 to 16 from the free throw line. You know that one last, obviously, once they started mentioning, right? But um, by the end of the fourth quarter, you know, they had the Timberwolves made like a 10 to 2 run. I think it was 
84 to 80 at that time of the run, and, and I think it was 94 to 87. They kind of chipped back into it, and it's what I'm looking at, 96 to 87. Um, now Prince did make a mental error in there. Um, oh wait, am I looking at the wrong? I think I'm looking at the wrong. Oh yeah, no, I am. Prince made a mental error in there. Um, it didn't ended up costing us fully, but. You know, he, he, he had a hard fall, but then he got teched after that. Um, but D'Lo, I think they forced a call a call the timeout for Golden State with a three. It was 106.90 um, points in the paint at that time with, like, I don't know, eight minutes left. It was 48 to 28. Beasley was just going nuts, hitting threes, hitting another three. He was five of seven at that time. It was 120 to 100, and finally, yes, finally, they got the job done on the back-to-back, right? We've had an issue with that all freaking, well, not just year, but for quite a while on the back-to-backs. Um, so they finally got a dub on the second night there, and so that was key. That was really key. So, you know, overall from that game, though, it was, uh, it was a spread game. It really was. Um, and like I mentioned with Cleveland, um, you know, Golden State were, was missing green. In fact, I just saw a stat. I think they're 18 and 16 without green after going like, I can't remember, 20, 28 and six with them or something like that. Now, obviously, you know, they had another key piece out, right? Who's been playing really good. You know, Clay Thompson since he since he got back. Now Curry, it took a little while, but Curry went off in that third quarter. By the way, he had like thirteen or sixteen. I don't know. He he was five of sixteen, shot ten of twenty four, got to the line a bunch and cashed it in. But still, thirty four points, ten of twenty four, five of sixteen. You'll take it. You know, you'll take it. That's you'll get every day, you know, of the week. But Towns, man. He was just going off, and that's the thing. Now, obviously Green wasn't there, right? But Moody and whoever else they're going to have try to guard him, it just wasn't happening. So he went for 39. He went off um, and just had a, a solid-ass game, really good game. And, and like I said, the contributors, D'Lo had his spots. He had 22-7, and seven. Um, got to the line a little bit too. Beverly, Pat Bev, 10-7 and seven assists. Prince had some nice uh, 11 points off the bench. And then Beasley, 6 of 9 from 3, like I said, 20 points. Um, you know, he was big. So, all in all, you got to like it. Now, like I said, they didn't have Green, but Green's been out, what I say, 18 to 16? I mean, that's over 30 games. So, he's been out for a while. So, it counts, you know. And it doesn't really matter. Like, we're not going to beat Golden State in a series anyway if we play him. So it's it's no use in getting two tit for tack. But when they have Clay out, but we have Edwards out, that kind of evens it up for me a little bit. You know what I mean? That kind of evens it up. So all in all, though, I I, I gotta say I didn't think we'd go three and one. I thought we'd go two and two. So I'm I'm really happy. And you know, we'll talk about where we sit in the next couple of games. You know, once again, three out of the next four games at home. Um, and OK City, Portland twice, and OK City. I mean, we don't 
from Saturday to Wednesday, they get to sleep in their own beds. You know what I mean? Now, you know, you get the back-to-back, and then, like I said, one more back-to-back, then we're clean there. But that's something about those consecutive games down double digits, especially with bad teams, too. You don't want to give them confidence that early in the game. You know, so we got to watch that. we got to watch that out. And then, you know, Cat and McDaniels have played so well. But they're third and fourth in the league. Two guys top five in fouls. We lead the league, or are we second worst? Something like that in fouls in general. And, you know, the type of defense we play, you are going to you know, end up falling a little bit more. But Cat, we know, gets a lot of his fouls on the offensive end as well. Now, he gets a lot of end ones, too. I'm assuming he's still leading in that category for centers. But McDaniels, if you look at if you look at how many minutes he plays, it's like, damn, dude, really? How are you fourth in the league or whatever? But, you know, he doesn't usually match up against a, a damn good player. So, I mean, you got to throw that in there as well. But that's something that, you know, between the offensive rebounds and the fouls, that, that's that's something we got to continue. Maybe McDaniels, this will just be him. We know that's Cat, right? Um but on the flip side, though, Cat's been playing great, no doubt about it. And he's just – he's really starting to learn when to be a playmaker, when to be a decoy, and when to just say, you know what, there's nobody on this court right now that could guard me, so I'm going to the rack. And this whole year, the aggressiveness, you know, to the rack has been phenomenal. You know, he'll get some fouls. Like he, when he was trying to get over 40 points in that last game – <laughs> he looked like his old self trying to drive there, and he draw, drew a fall. That was pretty funny because he got Ann on the sideline screaming, get your 40, get your rebound, and stuff like that. It was pretty funny. But anyway, McDaniels, though, you know, before Ant rested a game, there was some talk about Vando and McDaniels. Now, Vando is not quite on the level consistently throughout a game that he was defensively. Now you could say that about the team too, but especially Vando still a little banged up. I mean, he's got to be feeling better, you know, with that long break he just had, but in general, and we've talked about this, how the teams have clearly scouted out. We're not sneaking up on anyone, on anyone with our defense at this point, um, especially if we're not consistent throughout the whole game. And it's obvious. It's been obvious for a little while. They scouted us out. But some of that is, you know, Vando. And, you know, even if you look at the numbers offensively since January, you know, I believe uh, Bev missed some time as well. Vando slowed down a little bit. Now, Vando, you know, and you could tell that just to kind of go with this McDaniels, Vando, in the same time, McDaniels continues to improve. And, um, you know, it's, it's caused some folks to wonder – has he deserved this starting lineup? And, and, and since you're not getting defensive rebounds anyway, is he going to get as many offensive rebounds as, say, Vando? Probably not. But we're last in the league at defensive rebounds anyway. So it would clearly make us harder to guard with McDaniels. Not just because, well, of course he can shoot the three better. But he, he's not a great three-point shooter by any stretch, but off the dribble in his playmaking has improved. And we talked about how him going to the rim and finishing has, has majorly 
improved. That's not to say that Vando hasn't improved in the finishing at the rim and playmaking areas too. We've documented, you know, documented that well. But you start to go, huh? Should he be in the starting lineup? You know, do, do we need to lose three or four games straight to finally change it? Um, the starting five in general hasn't played as well. Um, but I don't think anybody really would have thought that they would have had the number one analytically uh, plus minus, you know, starting lineup. I don't, for a long time they had it. And I still think it's like the last time I checked, they were like fourth or sixth in the league. So that, you know, that there's definitely, they're not as good, but we are starting to see them play a little bit longer. Some of that will depend on Ant going back. But we are starting to see them play in longer in the first and third quarters. And some of that is the bench improving as well to where they can have the full bench out there and not rely on it uh, so much for at least a couple of minutes. But um, but D'Lo, you know, lately has still started the first and second – or first – not the second and fourth quarters with the, uh, you know, with the bench as well. So – and like I said previously, like we did start to see Ant doing that a little that's kind of an interesting role for him as well that I think we'll go back to. But, um, you know, what, what do you do? Do, do, you, do you put him in the starting lineup over Vanda? Now, obviously, the decision's easy right now because Ant was at least out. And so it was easy to say, hey, let's put him in the starting lineup, you know? I think that uh, not if we didn't have Ant for the next few games, I think it, 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 it's a bit of an issue. Um, no doubt, you know, but I don't think it's as much of a drop off as we would. And that goes for, you know, if D'Lo missed or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, but McDaniels is starting to knock on that door and, and say, Hey, my play's better now. You know, I'm getting better in Bando. You, you know, I think I, I think I was like in the middle of a thought here. On Vando, but Vando, you know, Finch has sat down Vando when he doesn't play good early in the game and not bring him in for the rest of the half and stuff like that. And then, and I think it happened the other night, and all of a sudden Vando for the you know first part of the third quarter was looking like Vando that we know. So some of it may be he's wearing down. Some of it is maybe he's been scouted. Hey, this is what he wants to do. Hey, we now re- we now know we got to get a body on this Vando dude, you know, and if he not able to fly around like a maniac on the offensive board and fly around like a maniac on defense 100% like he was doing before, there is a little drop-off. Whereas McDaniels is still a good defender, obviously. Uh, maybe a little out of position, but offensively it opens up for us as well, which helps. So, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, man, that, like I said, the biggest win for me are they full strength? No, not 100%. But Brooks has been out for more than a few games. It wasn't like Clay just, hey, by the way, Clay's out, you know. Um, so, yeah, when you look at Beasley, though, recently, this guy, uh, he's really getting it going, man. I mean, he's really getting it going. I saw uh, a, uh, a stat on Twitter from Kyle saying since February 1st, 12 games, Lee Beasley is shooting 48% on 7.25 attempts per game. And that's actually down a little bit, uh, not the shooting percentage, but the – and during that stretch, you know, the Timberwolves are 93. 
Um, so he's been he's been really, of course, he's always you know kind of been hit or miss, but he is starting to really get that average turned around. I mean, there's just there's just no way around it. You know what I mean? There's just no way around it. He really he's starting to turn the corner. Starting to turn the corner. Um, whereas Ant. You know. Oh, and by the way, that uh, it was the Memphis, right? The Memphis. There was a stat there from Al Horton. Heading in tonight, there's two teams in the NBA without a 15-point comeback. Oh, this is a, a little while ago. Sacramento and Minnesota. Oh, that it was against Grizzlies. Grizzlies. And uh, so now, finally, we get down 15. We're one and 17. <laughs> they finally got that, which is nice. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of positives, right? And, you know, D'Lo has been one of them. I mean, all season for the most part, but, you know, of late coming out of this break, he's played phenomenal. I did see somewhat recently the ESPN, their real plus minus minutes, um, you know, just ranking. And I think D'Lo was what, 18th? Yeah, D'Lo was 18th on that list. Um, I mean, he's, like I said, since the break, man, you know, everything. I mean, obviously he had that one huge scoring night, too, so that does play into it. Um, and Towns is 30th on that list. That's the only Minnesota players in there. D'Angelo Russell and Towns in the top 30 plus minus. Oh, I did want to – I did forget to mention, Pat Bev has been playing pretty damn good, man. You can see that break helped him. And he was on marketed. I mean, he, he actually – not just on marketed, he was on love marketed in Allen during the game. So that just shows you his versatility and what he's willing to help out on the team. It also shows that, uh, you know, uh, you know, the big situation there, <laughs> right? It's like, ooh. Really, um, and the Wolves just in general, in the last uh, over the last fifty games are six hundred, so they're thirty and twenty. That's looking up. D'Lo actually just turned twenty six years old. Uh, I think now he hit that thousand three pointer mark. It's the second youngest player to hit that thousand three point mark. I think he was the youngest player to hit the five hundred, if I if I remember correctly, seeing that stat. But he uh, like the clutch stat. You know those clutch stats, NBA clutch time uh, stat point leaders right now. You got Embiid, DeRozan, Ja, Jokic, and then D'Angelo. Like he's he's all up in there, and he's pretty damn efficient in that time frame too. But he's been playing phenomenal, no doubt about it. Um, now you know Ant has struggled. I mean, there's just no way around it. I think he went like on a three or four game, a th- three game stretch where he was four of twenty eight. From the field, he was one of 16 from three. Um, you know, clearly he's been struggling. He definitely has. And they finally had him sit out at night. Now, whether that means it's going to be through this five-game streak that we'll kind of preview here in a little bit or next, or it's literally day-to-day. Here's what Finch said. This is from uh, Dane Moore on Twitter. Um with the Wolves not playing until Friday, you know, they obviously played on Tuesday. Uh, they had two days off. But Finch said it was – and plus it was a back-to-back, right? So he said it's a good opportunity to give Edwards a night off. 
Um, and Fitz says the injury is day-to-day, and they're getting a, a plan in place to manage the lingering knee soreness. And that word tendonitis has been thrown out there, but it is technically jumper knee. You know, jumper's knee is the first thing we heard about. Now we hear a bunch of tendonitis. Actually, speaking of Dane Moore, they were talking about that, uh, uh, him and Britt on his uh, podcast, saying that, you know, it's it's funky, and we don't know exactly. It just, it's not like we, it's not like, you know, we know exactly. We've seen the x-rays or something like that. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see where that goes, you know. Is it going to be just, are they going to want to bring him back and play back-to-back nights? Are they going to hold him out until Saturday, you know, so he doesn't have to play back-to-back? Maybe they're going to see how it feels the next day, you know, which that's smart too. So, but at, no matter what, I mean, it's it's clearly been some sort of, uh, you know, random whatever. It's not random, but some nights he feels better than others. Um, but the what I mean by random is it's like, there was a stretch there where he's like, I feel great now, you know. He hadn't taken a break at all, but all of a sudden he just felt great, you know. So it was kind of like, well, what do you mean you feel great? Like, did you just say you were hurt all this time, you know? So, you know, whether he's just kind of trying to, you know, be a tough kid and get through some of this and not worry about it or not, um, you know, I mean, if you look at, the Charlotte game that they won in OT, he, he struggled. He only had nine points. He was one of six. Uh, he did have a game where I think he had seven assists. His last game he played, he did have four steals. The game before that, that Philadelphia game, uh, he had five assists. But, you know, he, he was he was one of six. I mean, look at this. So one of six from three, 0 of five, 0 of six, one of six, and one of five. But remember, he also has, you know, before the break when he said he was feeling great, you know, he had a 37-point game, a 31-point game, a 26-point game, you know what I mean? But then he had a five-point game, five game, a 17, a five-point game, you know? So, I don't know. I think there's some soreness in the knee that's given him an issue. Why not take advantage of it? Like Finch said, let's take advantage of it now. They said they got a plan to, to figure it out, and, and maybe that is resting up on the back-to-back. So, I don't know what it is, but hopefully um, – it's not anything beyond this five-game stretch, you know, because then all of a sudden that would be a major issue. So we have Friday and Saturday, Oklahoma City at Oklahoma City. Then I mentioned Saturday, Portland at home, Monday, Portland at home, and then Wednesday, OK City again. And then Orlando, and then at Miami. And those, those are – well, that's not back. Yeah, that's back-to-back games. That Miami's game is going to be tough. But I'm pretty sure Orlando – actually, let me check it real quick. I'm pretty sure Orlando waxed us earlier this year. Yeah, they did. They did. 115-97, I remember that. So, you know, I guess there's some uh, – I don't think they'll be looking down at that game. <laughs> but, you know, the last stretch they had where they had Detroit-Detroit sack-sack, tough game at Chicago, but then Indiana – um, you know, they did they did have a nice winning streak. They just lost to Sacramento in that stretch. So, you know, the ant thing does play into it. But the next, like I said, out of these five games, and we're going to have a show before, uh, you know, that, my, that Orlando game. 
We won't have a show Monday. We've just done a show on Thursday, but we'll have a show next week sometime. And uh, maybe next Thursday. Um, but anyway, you know, for that five-game stretch, I think the minimum you have to go is three and two. And without Ant, is three and two doable? I think so, but it does become harder. We're going to have to have, you know, Beasley continue to step up and every Daniels is a nice fit in the, uh, you know, starting lineup. So I don't think there's as, as much a crazy drop-off as maybe they, there was before, but we've won some games without Ant, but he hasn't missed many games. So it's really hard to register how we're going to do without Ant because the dude, you know, prior to this, he had only missed from those COVID protocols, you know. So it'll be interesting. But, yeah, had, if Ant's playing most of these games, then I think three and two is minimum. we got to go three and two. Is, is, you know, without Ant, is two and three on the table? I guess, you know, I guess it is. But I, I feel like we could still go three and two. But if Ant's there, three and two minimum, and hopefully four and one. Now five in a row, could they? Especially without Ant, I don't think they're gonna. Could they? Sure, you know. But I don't think they'll win five in a row. That would be seven in a row then, and that would be the longest streak. Is the longest streak five this year? And they haven't gotten a six. Is that what it is? I don't think they've had either a six or seven game. Maybe it's a six game winning streak since that 2003-2004 season because I don't think they had that that 2017-18 in the playoffs. So I'm calling for for three. Well, I'm calling for four and one if Ant's back. If not, then three and two. And three and two, a bit of a disappointment unless Ant missed all those games. And it's like, well, he still got up, you know, but. My, the reason why this is such a, a key stretch, because after that, you know, we do have some tough games. There's like a 10-game stretch you got at Miami, at San Antonio. Not easy, but a game we should be able to win. The Lakers are going to, you know, is Davis going to be back by then? I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't think so, but maybe, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Then you got Milwaukee, Dallas, Phoenix, Dallas a rejuvenated Boston squad. We saw Toronto's not a walk in the park at Denver, you know. Now, you can look at the, you know, we don't know what, we're closing with Chicago. We don't know if they're going to be resting people or not. But then you do have Houston, so that should be pretty good there. But that Denver, April Fool's Day, Friday night, that Denver game might be really, really, really important, man. So, yeah, that's why this, it just means so much right now. These type of games, you know, we talked about how meaningful it was to get to at least two and two in the stretch. Well, four and one would be well ideal as five and zero, oh, but man, that'd be nice to be four and one. So here they are, thirty four and twenty nine. Haven't been five games over five hundred since two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. Denver is two and a half games up, three and a half games is Dallas, but you know, don't look now, but the Clippers are a game and a half back. And they have a, a tad bit of an easier schedule. I think Denver has one of the easiest schedules. Dallas is playing so damn good. I don't think I think their schedule is somewhere in the realm. But once we got past these last four games, our schedule now it gets a little bit easier overall. Anyway, you know. So with 19 games left, 
how will they finish those? Are they going to be it, – it's, it's just a reliever, to be honest with you, that we could sit here and, and talk about this stuff. Because if you've been a you know, Wolves fan all this time, man, it has been obviously rough going. And it is like – it's just nice, man. There's just nights where you're like, oh, we're beating teams that we should beat. And, yes, that's basic. And, yes, a lot of fan bases would be like, well, dude – you should have won, but they, they don't know the pain, man. <laughs> you know, they don't know the pain. Let's be honest. Um, just real quick, Gophers-wise, um, that Hoosier – well, that Wisconsin game, I don't – have we had a show since that Wisconsin game? That was that was freaking tight, man. We battled like crazy on the road, like crazy, man. And, uh, you know, we had gotten that win over Rutgers. Now we're on another losing streak. Um or no, not no Northwestern. My bad, Northwestern. But that's sixty-eight to sixty-seven game. Dude, that was that was a heartbreaker. But you know, I mean, the Indiana game. The Hoosiers started out really well. They were up nineteen to twelve, twenty-seven to twelve. Uh, Hoosiers, you know, make a run to extend the lead, but then the Gophers get it back. And I think at half it was like forty to thirty-three, and uh, kind of came out like a lot of these second halves like getting beat on all phases, just getting beat. Second chance points, you know, this, that, and the other. Pretty soon, what, 12 minutes left, it was 58 to 38. And uh, 72 to 56, you know. and But then hitting some threes, um, back-to-back threes by Steffens, like all of a sudden we're cutting in the lead, and it's 74 to 64 with, you know, about three minutes to play. Then another three-pointer. And, you know, we, we – Really, you know, I don't know. I respect the comeback. In the Maryland game, you know, we were right there in that Maryland game for a good chunk of that game. Second half, they made a huge run. But per usual, you know, not only do they make a run back and make it super tight, but then they get beat. At the, you know, they get beat there. So 84 to 73. They beat Northwestern. That's their last win on February 19th. And now they're at Northwestern to close. They're 13 and 15. So, you know, uh, that NIT is getting a little funky all of a sudden. You know what I mean? So I do want to – I would like to see him in the – you know, in that. I've said that all year just because it gives you more practice and more games and whatnot. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, hopefully they go out and, you know, win this last game and maybe win a game in the Big Ten tournament just to go out with a, with a bang. You know what I mean? Anyway, we'll be back next week. Let's see where we're at with this year Timberwolves squad. Uh, Enjoy the games. Peace.